Welcome to the TCU Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and today is a Whopper, a television show that I used in my scenery creation workshop at film school, which my writing teacher was none too pleased about. But Patrick, you were wrong then, and you are still wrong now. It's a great show. It's got girls in the title, so a lot of people just refused to watch it back in 2001. We're talking about my favorite TV show. Gilmore Girls. Amy Sherman Palladino, who is now enjoying a lot of respect and fame from Marvel as Mrs. Maisel, but, you know, let's remind ourselves, this show is drug through the mud, uh, typically as a bubble show at the time. A lot of disrespect going on. It ran from 2000 to 2007, had a 2016 Netflix revival, and stars TV's favorite single mom, Lauren Graham, and Alexis Bledel, Scott Patterson, Kelly Bishop, Edward Herman, Melissa McCarthy, Keiko Gain, Eliza Wheel, Jared Pawlicki, Milo Ventimiglia. So many regulars that it makes sense everything on the show is made of fucking cardboard. Speaking of production design, today I have invited my favorite production designer in the world. He's done work for Violet Tchotchke, Savage X, Walmart. Damn, he's the reason I have a gorgeous glass top pink trimmed coffee table from our work on Michael Yip's The Gay Mafia. A man who I feel no shame sending a GG meme in virtually any situation to. It's my dear friend and fellow Sag, Evan Black. Welcome, Evan. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm honored you chose Gilmore Girls for me. I chose it for you. I could have done it with my mom, but I'm making her <laughs> do Victor Victoria because she showed me that when I was seven. So we all have to pay for our <laughs> our decisions. <laughs> our sins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's get into the fun. Yes. We start, as always, with our nostalgia scan. Now, of course, this is a zero to 100 reader too confining if it were at zero to ten of course now normally we power our nostalgia scan with the real tea as you may know when the podcast premieres and people know what i'm fucking talking about but today we are running it on a piping hot cup of luke's coffee of course so let's get calm (laughs) and still like it's the first winter snow in stars hollow and ask ourselves How much nostalgia do we really have for Gilmore Girls? Evan, would you like me to go first? Yes, go ahead. Scanning! I am the world's biggest Gilmore Girls fan. That's an official title that comes with a badge. I am an authority on it. I've seen it more times than I know, and I know that I can go in to the Netflix thing and actually see that information and it won't count for my mom watching it either because she exclusively watches it on like rerun TV 
<laughs> so it will just be me. And I'm scared. I'm scared to know that number. So that's part of it. I'm just a huge rewatcher of the show. I think this show was weirdly perfect for me because as someone born in 1985 and entering my sophomore year, just when Rory did, into a Catholic school that didn't have any of the money that Chilton had, but had all of the crazy academics and plaid skirts, that that was something that uh, when the preview came on, we were like, oh my God, this is our life. So, and I come, my parents are married, but uh, we were, you know, similarly... Uh, had a similar repartee um, at that time, and we still do. I watched every episode with my mom, probably up until film school when she had to send me them through burned DVD from her TV. It was serious, Evan. It was serious. It was an addiction. Like, I didn't know how to control it, and I didn't want to, you know? That was part of it, you know? Amy Sherman Palladino as a separate thing is just somebody that I really, like, admire in terms of IP creation, um, which is something I'm really into. So I do know that we're going to go over all these trash subplots, but I think there there is some shining moments in terms of engine here that make it an incredible and really fulfilling story, even when those things don't work. This is going to be a full 100 for me. I was worried that it might be beyond the scanner's capabilities. I hope I haven't broken it. But, um, Evan, would you like to be scanned? Yeah, scan me up, baby. Scanning! (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, I actually am probably um, a pretty bad Stars Hollower. I didn't actually come into Gilmore Girls until, like, later on in life. Um, it just wasn't something that was, like, brought to my attention as I was growing up, but I I discovered it in college through a friend, and from then on, it's probably up there with Gossip Girls, you know, another GG, um, probably my most rewatched television series of all time. There is just something about, like, sneaking the thousand episodes I could while my roommates weren't, you know, in the apartment in college and like endless nights of doing art projects, watching Lorelai and all of her shenanigans. And it just became like such a favorite of mine because honestly, like Lauren Graham is life. Um, She can do no wrong, even when the script is given to her completely wrong. And- Shut up on. (laughs) And there's just something so comforting about everything involving the show. And it's just one of those, like, you need it always going through the mind just to hear, like, the talking and the dialogue. And it's just a cozy feeling. For me, I feel like it's not a full 100 Mm -hmm. because I will have to, like, rage quit my streaming (laughs) at times because it does get a little... Redundant sure, in the sure, best sure. of ways, but I would say I'm like a strong mid 80s. Nice, okay, mm-hmm. all right, it feels right. Reading about an 85, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll proceed to the synopsis now. Of course, this is a seven season show with a revival, and so I'm gonna overview as best as I can the macro plot. We start the show meeting Lorelai, she's 32. 
She's hot. She's fun. Smart. Cool. All over the place dresser. <laughs> um, I think we, we know that from her first outfit. We quickly... It was laundry day. Laundry <laughs> day. In her defense. It's always laundry day. We That's like a major plot point in like three episodes from the pilot. <laughs> it's like laundry. Um, we quickly meet her 16-year-old daughter, Rory, who this guy that was like hitting on her starts to hit on. So, so this kind of thing of them being close in age is underlined pretty quickly. And Rory is uh, super smart. Sort of like her mom, but sort of not, which is uh, one of the hinges of the series, right? Where is Rory going to divert from being like her mom and copying what her mom does? So we also meet Luke, of course, in the first scene. Um, hot, I guess. If It depends. When, it depends what episode specifically it depends what year it all depends Um, but luke is a gruff diner owner who's sweet sometimes and immediately starts flirting with lorelei which she continues to do with him forever we also find out that lorelei dreams of one day owning her own in with her best friend, Melissa McCarthy, as Suki. I mean, they really, really got lucky because this was supposed to be an Alex Borstein part, but she was not let out of the Mad TV contract. And here we have Melissa McCarthy doing work for seven years and then being ignored for like another seven and then getting cast in Bridesmaids. (laughs) But this is a really iconic role and a really good chance to see her act a lot of little intricate moments especially when she gets them in like the first couple seasons <laughs> before mm-hmm. she kind of gets a little slapsticky but no spoilers so rory in this time period is accepted to chilton it's a fancy private school that will get her into the ivies where she wants to be so she can become right evan an international news correspondent that is her dream <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, Fif- 15. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. <laughs> small town girl, small town dreams. We love it. <laughs> Rory and her single mom, though, of course, have a little problem here. They don't have the funds for this school, which is revealed in a very embarrassing phone call. The solutions are uh, not a lot in this small town, right? Where are they going to get the money, even though she works mm-hmm. at like a really nice inn? whatever, the tourist attraction of Connecticut, apparently. Only solution is to reach out to uh, Emily and Richard, who are Lorelai's estranged, at this point, parents. And they agree pretty immediately, but Emily, of course, makes a very Shakespearean demand. She wants a Mm -hmm. weekly Friday night dinner and a phone call that I don't actually think ever really carries through the season seasons at all. But um, they call each other sometimes, whatever. (laughs) So you need money. Yeah. But it's not for me. It's for Rory. And I fully intend to pay you back every cent. I don't ask for favors. You know that. Oh, yes, we know. I'll get the checkbook. Thank you. (laughs) You have no idea. Thank you. On one condition. So close. Since we are now financially involved in your life, I want to be actively involved in your life. What does that mean, Mother? I want a weekly dinner. What? 
but she just wants this uh, constant contact. You could say that Emily is really a huge catalyst, um, even though the protagonists here are making their decisions. She really makes this <laughs> into a drama. D. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> oh, yes. It is the Emily, the Emily show. show. She's probably, aside from Lorelai, my favorite character. Then uh, in the first season, of course, we have Rory, who is now the age that Lorelai was when she got pregnant. So that's sort of like a big piece. And she meets Dean, who basically like likes her immediately and then five minutes later tells her he loves her, breaks mm. up with her when he, she doesn't say it back. And then eventually they get back together because she loves him. He's an idiot. <laughs> okay, whatever. Dean is a <laughs> Dean is crazy. Um, but I do have to say that probably not popularly, but I think he's hot in season four. <laughs> oh, okay. Season four. Yeah. I was going to say goes down as probably one of my least favorite Gilmore Girls mm. characters. But I was going to say with the caveat of he yummy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to, he's nice to look at until we get to, uh, you know, Yeah, until we, thank God. Okay, I'm with friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm among my people. Yes. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. So they do get back together though. And we have Paris terrorizing Rory at school in various ways. She's, Sort of, like, just really a, another really smart kid in this challenging school, mm -hmm. but she can't play well with others, so she has a huge <laughs> issue with Rory. And also, of course, we have Lane, who is Rory's best, friend's fr best friend from Stars Hollow, who is growing up in a super oppressed religious household with someone who is effectively a single mother even though the series doesn't like fully address that but she does have some conversations with Lorelai along the way where it's like you you know you clearly are operating as a single mom and you know that meanwhile over in Lorelai land there's some push and pull always with Luke Rory's father, Chris, is sort of in the picture a little bit in the first season. Like, right, isn't it in the first season where uh, he drives up on the motorcycle and he's like, take your shirt off. And she's like, what? And then he unveils himself and then he takes Rory on a little motorcycle ride. <laughs> That's how he's presented. Yeah, he's an interesting, <laughs> an interesting male. Uh, the bad boy turned millionaire turned great father turned possible love interest in Paris. Oh god, I mean, when we get to that, it's it like, goes. what is he even <laughs> and why is he... I think the through line, and I'm just gonna boldly say it as we're going through this, I just think Chris has a problem caring about Rory. Really giving a shit oh, yeah. about Rory because his main focus is Lorelai. And it just, it's a detriment oh, to him as a father, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't understand him as a parent, I think, because he's got a great kid. Which he doesn't feel connected to either. Why wouldn't you call that kid just to connect with your kid? You know, for why wouldn't you call that kid for 10 yeah. minutes a week? I just don't fucking get that. They act like he literally just checks out for months at a time. Years. 
because he's so a bad. bad. <laughs> um, he's got failed <laughs> failed business ventures already by this point too. So the, there is a little bit of this like he's um, arrested development clearly optically for everybody, including his parents. He's like putting on this face. So yeah, Chris is trash. Mm-hmm. But in this, <laughs> but in thoughts. this, right? Um, but in this, uh, oh, and of course, I did mention to Evan uh, over text that this actor, David Sutcliffe, is a Canadian that's fully for the January 6th mob. So make of that what you will. But the performances, Chris, really <laughs> might be imbued with something, another zhuzh that we didn't even know about. Um, but in this uh, season one, Lorelai's story basically is this entanglement with Max, who happens to be a teacher, of course, mm. at Chilton. And that's this is her first foray into the the world that she left. So it's in Emily's eyes, especially like a real big fuck up when she lets her relationship kind of taint the experience here but eventually they actually get engaged barfo uh proposal <laughs> no no oh i mean max in general is barfo. pretty barfo <laughs> yeah just also it's kind of like you know you let the you let the tiger out of the cage once Ooh. and then she goes and she gets engaged yeah. like we never see Lorelai outside of Stars Hollow, and then the second she's there at Chilton, she's got to fall for Rory's teacher, and then just, you know, everything about it is a very interesting world to navigate, because then that, of course, causes all those relationship issues between mother and daughter, especially now that Rory's at a dating age, and it's... Just like blood. Yeah, it feels like they kind of um, posture it being a change from what she's been doing for years that we don't see before the show. So that you're like popping in and, oh, uh, I rejected that random Chilton dad in the pilot, but ooh la la, right. you know, this guy with gross gel hair who is not. If she's putting something on when she thinks she likes him. You know what I mean? It's not oh, her yeah. type. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, not not unlike the plot of Parenthood, also sure. starring sure. Lauren Graham, where she gets with Jason Ritter, a greasy English teacher. It's like, maybe it's her look. I think it's just like the, you know, big-eyed, yeah. tiny little waist, <laughs> black hair. She's like, I'm going to fall for a teacher. But it's just kind of, like, cool. Like, you really put your parenting duties first, and that's so respectable for 16 years. But now it just feels like she's horny for everyone. Feels like it gets really complicated for her unnecessarily for somebody that, God, she barely even likes. But she convinces herself that she loves Max. So it's a, Mm -hmm. which is, which is, of course, is a thing with Lorelai's character. Alternate realities. (laughs) delusional yeah absolutely so season two dean and rory are in love they're they're having a great relationship for for a few Mm -hmm. episodes sure 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 (laughs) healthy when she uh decides that she needs to be a 1950s housewife and put on the bells and whistles for him because he oh all uh, the unpacking that didn't get unpacked while we thought we were unpacking in that episode it was like what (laughs) He still said those things, and and I don't understand why. 
But uh, it really doesn't mm. fucking matter because everybody's turning their eyes to Luke's nephew, Jess, um, including us. And very much including us. <laughs> he just ushered in... He ushered in a new, hotter yeah. period for Gilmore yes. Girls. It just was like eye candy. And that bad boy Bruce. attitude as well. And just the... Uh, like he's yummy mm. and he continues mm. to be so congratulations the short shorts that he wore did you see the picture oh yes i mean like Thank my wallpaper you. honestly um, <laughs> <laughs> i believe it I, I was like in love here and um just f- fully falling for it as everyone did and there's a full shift in the show here where you really feel like rory has a different feeling about him, too. It extends to her. Mm-hmm. So Rory falls for Jess and uh, ends up in the end of this season giving him a big old smooch when she's still with Dean. Mm. Uh, and they didn't have a poly conversation. For all you Gen Z listeners, there's no such thing at the time. <laughs> we just uh, we just broke up with one person and got with another. I'm kidding, of course, poly people existed. But this is not something that is condoned, of course, by Dean and everybody in Stars Hollow. Probably guessed that he'd not be okay with it. Um, but the kiss is hot. So it's uh, pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Throughout the high school thing, she is into the Franklin and into the newspaper, and that is a recurring thing that is important to us. It 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 is hard to make it important to us sometimes, but um... <laughs> jeez. Lorelai here straight up ditches Max. Uh, third episode in from the season, so that's probably it's like four episodes from the proposal, basically. And it, yeah, that's one of my favorite moments when she goes into Rory's room and it's like, pack. Uh... She's like, pack. <laughs> we gotta flee. I can't deal with my adult problems, so I just need to pack and then um, tell you a few tidbits and then have you okay my insanity. And leave. Right. And then they end up at, you know, Harvard, fake Harvard aka USC. Uh, so basically, yeah, this is, listen, <laughs> guys, I grew up in Brighton, Massachusetts. So that's about five minutes down the street from Harvard. Yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not what fucking Harvard look, looks like. There's a palm are, tree are in that you, yard. <laughs> like, it's so offensive to me. Uh, and honestly, like, there's a few scenes that are in Boston in the series and they don't make any real effort but i i I can't i can't say that this even really registers (laughs) as connecticut for me so i'm just gonna put that out there that is not new englander (laughs) no (laughs) but they try and they have to film this in los angeles how else would they be able to get the hundreds and hundreds of star stars hollow residents all the way to the east coast there's no yeah there's no fucking way this for her this year is kind of about chris being more okay there's this softening that happens there's even an episode where she kisses him after they have like a great night with rory and then he's like i have a girlfriend that relationship is not working out so they thick and then uh, at suki's wedding the day afterward he comes up to her and says i have to leave i cannot wait 30 more minutes i must leave now to go be with my girlfriend who i recently impregnated this is one of <laughs> the series you could say is based around a surprise pregnancy but this truly is the first time I think that it's like 
used as a real plot device. And honestly, I do really like it here. And I love some of these early season three episodes when Chris tries to come back in that door. Anyway, mm-hmm. he goes and leaves to be with Sherry, who we've met, I think, once. Yeah, and it's totally annoying. Read the grandparents. They are just constantly disappointed and embarrassed throughout this t- time period on the show. But I do think that is one of the queerest a- aspects of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in season three, we do start off, of course, with Dean and Rory still together and he's forced to break up with her at that marathon dance um, one of the really iconic episodes that I believe is directed by is it Kenny Ortega it's like iconic or unhinged there's <laughs> what is it just like <laughs> it is a hundred percent like poster child for like you need help just that was when Lorelai gets cranky <laughs> yes. and tired the show is like just unbearable (laughs) but you can't look away i mean it is a train wreck and it's the script and then what's so funny is that for the most part the script's really really well written and the quips are so fast and the wit is always there but then there's some times where the script is just lorelei going did i say something right and it's like what like for such a funny witty girl Just like, okay, maybe we don't have to talk. Maybe we could just show things happening. I believe that there could be a small elevation with the show if they just took out those those little super nothing quips and put in a reaction from Lauren because that always works for any other moment and they do it intentionally. But you're right. Mm -hmm. It's like there's so many little ones where I'm just like, somebody just come along and edit that little half second right off it's no yeah there's something there was like some fact that the script they like speak twice as many words as like any other normal scripted tv series like per episode i mean it's just wild they just do not stop talking it's like stars hollow is just this like little like hidden commune in the woods where they're all just doing coke (laughs) even thinking about just getting a script like that as an actor no wonder like at the end you can see the fatigue a little bit (laughs) the weariness (laughs) this dance has the dean break up with rory and pretty much getting together with jess who really they have a pretty genuine connection even though throughout the series pretty much troubled until series season four i would say he's really troubled Mm -hmm. and kind of all over the place and eventually at the end of season three he just straight up oh it's just so heartbreaking like she gets on the same bus as him and doesn't realize he's leaving and he ends up going to see daddy in uh venice california Mm -hmm. which is just uh just just a (laughs) spinoff that never happened honestly that's the truth when we're circle that episode where he's just walking down venice beach just looking around they're just like what is going on i mean how i know people with leather jackets do wear them like in all kind of weather but it also looks so hot it just doesn't make sense that he's like not unbending at all I know, yeah, take it off. Just take it off, Jess. He's also standing really close to these two children, and it just, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. None of it, nothing nothing with (laughs) Windward Circle made sense. Um, Or the idea that we wanted the exact same show in male form. That didn't make sense either. Nobody wanted that. I would have rather followed Dave to California, honestly. (laughs) 
I don't know. I'm not an Adam Brody fan. I just can't. <laughs> it's only a tidbit, but basically it is part of Layton's tragedy where um, you turned on the AC. Um, basically, <laughs> basically, you know, she has a pretty good boyfriend, actually, in this season who connects with her and loves music and everything is great. And then he just disappears after the season, which is just tragic. And of course, uh, Paris has Jamie, which is just improbable i'm sorry is paris giving off any vibe other than like <laughs> psychotic no <laughs> no i right she's a psychotic sexual it's, she's really okay and i love i love yes, liza Wheel. i love paris um i love paris yes i mean as <laughs> as much as a person paris can it's <laughs> so fun but it's just one of those things where it's like who in amy sherman paladino's yeah. life yeah was like a Paris-esque yeah. character to where she felt so confident that everyone is going to understand a teenager right. who, like, is so tenacious and so aggressive. What? That's it. Time's up. Oh, but if I could just have a few seconds to rebut their charge of the cruelty of the act. We take it back. You can't take it back. It's a debate. Do what you gotta do, Luke. Hey. Where'd he come from? What's up there? Is that where you keep the girls? You got yourself a little cat house up there? Hello? What the hell did Romaine mean when he was going on about weeding out the hyper-intense in the interview process? He stopped just short of calling me by name. I'm losing it. Not now, Paris. And, like, literally doesn't even have a soft moment. You know, her softer moments are everyone else's, like, aggro moments. She just can't chill the fuck out. And it's so wild it's so it's like being hit in the head over and over and over with her character and i can't get enough of it yeah she's definitely like the best one note that has has been hit on television for me i can't stop watching (laughs) it and i feel i have similar feelings about emily to be honest oh my gosh emily she is just like the maturity in her acting she is impeccable she is the moment Her and uh, Edward Herman, of course, fun fact, won a Tony in the same year. Just sort of icons of a different generation. So they really had quality people on the show that, I mean, the other, the contemporary shows of the day just weren't able to get Mm -hmm. similar actors. Even uh, Sally Struthers, people like that. Um, Rose Abdu. So anyway, there's, uh, you know, these personal woes for Rory. Her relationship does go to shit, but then she has a good relationship that also goes to shit but she also also graduates uh chilton valedictorian which she had been a late entry yeah but wow late entry shocker against all odds (laughs) um and so this is like a moment of triumph um not only for rory but for lorelei because it's sort of a validation of the decision that she made to leave the world of privilege and raise her daughter in a more loving environment that the parents could provide but still has the opportunities that that upbringing surely would have afforded my mother never gave me any idea that i couldn't do whatever i wanted to do or be whomever i wanted to be she filled our house with love and fun and books and music unflagging in her efforts to give me role models from jane austen to eudora welty to patty smith as she guided me through these incredible 18 years I don't know if she ever realized that the person I most wanted to be was her. I'm not crying. I'm crying a little. Lorelai is like, I think now's time for me. Um, and this is, you're going to start oh, to yeah. kind of... Girls <laughs> exactly. So, you know, because in over this season, I mean, she has nothing going on. She dates the, the dad from Twilight, Charlie Swan. She dates him. <sighs> yes. 
so Luke's, you know, dating this lawyer, Nicole. So he's kind of preoccupied and Sherry's having the baby for Chris. And so it's all like she's she's kind of like uh, deadened a little bit romantically. She has some dreams about Luke this season. Mm-hmm. Mo- mostly um, it's kind of building to this this thing that's, you know, g- going to kind of develop more in, in season four. And she also gets the go-ahead to buy the inn, which, got the whole math of the way that she gets the funds for the inn does not make sense. My high school was one of the cheapest versions of this that you can have. I think it was about $5,000 a year or something. And the, mm-hmm. the place across the way was like twenty two. So it, th- there's no way that this $75,000 check that she got from Richard would pay for shit like and then yeah the entire is paying them back and then also to fix no, but it plus up paying them back yeah. Evan, because she gives them a check to pay them back yes that's what happens and it <laughs> does not i just want to say <laughs> so the check should have been for two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, because that would have been a down payment on an inn and paying them back for Chilton, assuming that she had been paying or saving away a little bit to also pay them back already. Right, which, how could she? I mean, managing the managing the end, I guess. It's like lucrative business. Mm, East Coast, I, you know? I, I like... mean, we're so used to California. <laughs> well, I will say that those places are very, very expensive. Like, even where my parents live in the woods in Massachusetts, if you drive further into the woods, like, about 45 minutes, there's, like, a bougie-ass lakefront restaurant where you can just, you know, spend your whole fucking paycheck. So that, that I do believe that this inn exists, but not really adjacent to this super kooky town. Right. <laughs> Stars Hollow, of course, is a magical place. So the season four starts uh, Rory's first year at Yale, which she, of course, chooses over Harvard for reasons of... Uh, what an upset. doesn't Am make right? any sense. It doesn't even make sense, but <clears throat> whatever. But she chooses Yale, and she comes back from this, like, European um, vacation backpacking trip with her mom. You know, she's just kind of like very into school this entire year. She has these little moments like there's a thing with a guy who kind of looks like Jess. Uh huh. There's naked guy. I mean, Marty is such a potential thing that turns into such a bad thing in season seven. Such an uncomfortable thing. Like, right. truly was just uh unnecessary and awkward and i don't know like the woes of being an adolescent a teen a young 20 something i guess you know people if you don't (laughs) don't i don't know (laughs) it's just the whole thing is weird but he doesn't know if she has a boyfriend and he doesn't know her well enough to know if she has a boyfriend and so when he keeps asking her that i get so uncomfortable because i'm just like Dude, just, like, stay in your lane for a second. Just really just get to know her. Um, But it's the pressing that kind of continues, honestly, for a few seasons. He really really is around. So... Yeah, because then he dates What's-Her-Face and then can't... Well, that's, let her know that he that's knows when Rory. he turns into a serial killer. But even before that, 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's bad. We have him as, the, from the first meeting, it seems like he's kind of a viable person, but she's actually not interested in, from what she sees from him in the first place, like a, a kind of funny, little bit awkward, um, but nonetheless kind of cute guy. She's kind of like evolved past that though you know what I mean I mean there's something about Rory where she wants like a little bit of an edge like some grit she craves it and I think Jess really like left her wanting you know what I mean whole thing like this cuts so deep for me (laughs) I guess I'm gonna get personal on the podcast but um the way that of course at the end of this season she loses her virginity to Dean instead of losing it to Jess Rory like deadens her emotions Mm -hmm. coping mechanism just being like yeah okay so like i'm concerned with my study tree and i'm concerned with the paper i don't care that jess the hottest dude in the fucking world just left me without (laughs) even saying anything um of course Mm -hmm. jess pops back in i love you then pieces and then pops back in again i want to be with you and then she just, she says no that time. And he says, okay, fine, bye. Don't say no just to make me stop talking or make me go away. Only say no if you really don't want to be with me. No. Because she kind of like, she steps into this little like bad bitch energy when she's at Yale. Yep. And like, good for her, you know? Yes. Like she was a big fish. In a small pond, and now she's small fish in a big yeah. pond. And I think she just sees the world as her oyster. Um, also, I can only imagine the confidence that you would have with uh, Paris becoming your best <laughs> friend and roommate. Oh my god, in Paris? <laughs> yeah, so that's how Paris sticks around. <laughs> Very Just like a confusing little turn of events when she just shows up and she's like, I got a life coach. My life coach said I needed to be near my friend. Yeah. And like, now I'm your yeah. roommate because I basically like forced Yale to room us together and then she just terrorizes the entire apartment like all yeah she's really cruel to the other girls and that is I mean sure um but even just (laughs) right that's true they make them weird so it's like okay (laughs) but she also has that craft corner that sounds awful but anyway so also in this season of course dean gets married to Lindsay, so that is the element of course that happened like straight out of high school he got married because he is having a reactive mess like cautionary tale like thank god rory got out i mean it was just like the most sudden like smooshing (laughs) of characters and then Lindsay is like such a scary person but then also dean is completely awful to her and then it's just kind of like don't look back Rory yeah yeah, just go (laughs) keep running exactly (laughs) don't look back baby you're almost there right and then uh, she gets sucked in every time and then she oh well and that leads (laughs) us to when her and Dean do hook up when they're together and so now Dean has cheated on Lindsay yes yeah and then Rory tells oh Lorelai, and it's actually like a very one of those like pretty like true to life moments of like you almost don't see Lorelai and Rory as characters; you see them as like actual people interacting, you know. And it's just like good for you, Lorelai. But then but also he's married. I don't know. Rory just yeah. <laughs> Rory's like so he was my boyfriend first. That's what she says. But you 
dumped him <laughs> and she didn't even dump him she just like made him dump her so it's like you didn't Went even learn him. anything yeah. but yeah i love this this scene and also of course reminds me that this scene is on the night that lorelei has something so major happen that she's pumped pumped with like adrenaline when she comes into the house from this kiss with luke mm-hmm. And things had been heating with up from... Thank I know, God. right? This is my, my trifecta of episodes that I always go back to is um, Luke can see her face, last week fights, this week tights, and of course, raincoats and recipes, the last three episodes of season four. And it's just like a, a book of episodes where Luke turns the corner a little bit and Lorelai really seemingly only needing that kind of in a way. She kind of is simplistic in that way sometimes responds starts to respond mm-hmm. can't help responding so they have their dance which is a great scene and then they have the kiss um where he's like why is jason back and jason of course in this scene goes and takes a giant dump in the dragonfly bathroom because he never comes back <laughs> <laughs> oh no when it's right it's right and lorelei and i are right well that's great i'm i'm very happy for you thanks Hey, you have any idea where the men's room is? Yeah, it's back through the dining room. Thanks. It was nice meeting you. Sure. You too. He disappears, and they and then um, Luke runs off after Kirk. So Lorelai comes back to the house. So she's ha- she's brought up to this crazy height. After the wedding, there was a moment. I I thought there was a moment. There was. There was a moment. And then she finds like dean's like collar is like twisted and they're like just shifting their clothes it's like just have kept him in the room and just have walked out of the room yeah i mean dean wasn't always the brightest (laughs) you know (laughs) probably had to get home to make some like roast with Lindsay or something i mean think about it though like we literally are never introduced to any like main characters in Stars Hollow beyond like Rory and Lane yeah. female characters you know other than, that yeah. are younger and so if Rory's gone off to college Dean shacks up with the <laughs> next available person because there are literally no other She's prospects got a pulse. there's a town of aging people you know <laughs> and like who else is he gonna run into working at Ducey's Market <laughs> he's supposed to be from just outside of chicago or chicago as they really say it in season one so i also find his like weird thing where he's like i'm in a small town now so i'm a small town boy and there's nothing outside these walls a little bit strange but there's definitely Mm -hmm. some course correction with dean he's supposed to be a little bit of a bad boy when you first see him with a leather jacket but then that's clearly jess later so it's there's a little bit of messy like ah this was actually the better thing (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. because they meet Milo Ventimiglia and they're like oh so like you're like Stallone <laughs> like we have to use you I'm just wondering what you're thinking about I'm thinking about nothing nothing wouldn't happen to wear a leather jacket and be able to pull off an extremely convincing Adrian but also speaking of Jason in this season there is the lawsuit so that has the ripple effect going into this next season we're talking yes. about Richard and Emily have their separation Oh, okay. Iconic. And a really confusing way. Very confusing. It's just like, because they're characters who never once plainly state anything. (laughs) I love that they gave Emily her moment in some of the revival episodes of just being like a little bit more of a human, but still like holding true to her resoluteness. But it's just like, you're almost left wondering like, 
what happened? Like, what is happening? Like, it's just Richard's in the pool house. Emily literally can't do anything but talk about hors d'oeuvres and fire maids. I mean, all the woman can do is eat hot chip fire maid. Well, she does try to, she does try to date. And that's a whole like section of episodes where it's just like, Oh, I love when Lorelai takes her out to the bar. I mean, Oh Oh my God. I mean, that's actually that I believe is correct me if I'm wrong people, but that is a season two episode. And she takes her out to that bar because they're going to the spa day. And so the spa day is just at this place that doesn't have any food and they want to go and they get this bar food or whatever. But she ends up dancing with this older gentleman. She's like, you made me a like a two timer. So I but I think that I think that is (laughs) very much related because what happens to her in the revival and how after her marriage is no longer because her husband dies she is free to live an independent life that she didn't really have a huge desire for or that it was just she was ensconced her she gets her due in the revival more than any other character so it was kind of worth it for her right yes and also the night of this kiss and the dean fuck and the Jason Dump and everything. The big fight between Emily and Richard is the opening of the Dragonfly Inn. So that's something that happens. She reaches her professional mm-hmm. goal and then doesn't really have any problems after seemingly like there's like a little, oh, there's a leak. Oh, there's a little, no, nothing happens. Right. So everything's fine <laughs> after that. So many messy subplots. The uh, band loses Dave but gains the guy from Skid Row. Gil. Bach, right? Gil, Gil. <laughs> I want his spinoff. First of all, <laughs> Paris dates uh, Professor Fleming, also, of course, in the season. And yeah, oh. t- it's terrible. He dies right in the first episode of season five, so it's fine. But uh, they're dating, uh, whatever. <laughs> She's rude to Jamie, and um, we move on to season five, which starts with, you know, you can you can see this coming a mile away. Dean is still has never really had a lot of intention of having a conversation with Lindsay of dismantling his marriage he did this on out of horniness and on the fly for some reason so they it comes out through this letter and they try to mash their relationship together um, for like eight episodes and it just isn't working they're just in two different places no matter how hot he is it's like whatever and around this time she meets Logan who is Mm, you know a total dick uh, that she hates at first, but then she's kind of like, I like you, and you're sort of still a dick. Uh, so <laughs> it just doesn't, the like, it doesn't make sense character progression yeah. wise. <clears throat> I just don't know anyone who has had this track record with men or women of dating this, like, you know, sweet boy going to the bad boy and then ultimately settling for like i mean maybe it makes sense he's rich so yeah (laughs) it just feels like there's so much there's so much like weird trauma of like rory feeling like she's inadequate and trying to like match him but then wanting to be a quote-unquote like more creative as a journalist and then working for logan's father and then trying to prove herself there and it's just like these are bad men for you yeah I don't, and then, yeah. And then we haven't even gotten to the revival. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Logan's dad is a big factor here. And as you said, it's just like this um, whole thing where um, he uh, says something to her and she 
really reacts and quits Yale. And she does try to talk to Lorelai about it, but that's a no-go. She ends up stealing a boat with Logan. And eventually she ends up turning to Richard and Emily to fully take her in, which is this start of this set of a half of a season where Lorelai and her are not talking. Mm -hmm. That night, though, Lorelai, of course, distraught, comes back in a fabulous dress, and she (laughs) proposes to... Luke, mm-hmm. uh, out of some inspiration, out of, I like, d- there's, there's a lot going on with Lorelai, usually at any given moment if she's in stress. Oh so um, this is a stressful moment. He says yes, because he's like, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to say no. Right. Rory is not in school, but she's wasting away a little bit with um, not being fulfilled She's doing her community service for the boat thing. She's still with Logan. Jess comes and he's like, you're a disappointment to me. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually she does, uh, is able to figure out that these things were just, I guess, from, from stress. Like, I don't really realize she, she just kind of gets back into the old mode. She puts on her old Rory hat for this like little couple of episodes where she's harassing this guy to give her a job. I don't know. I think Rory's always, she's just kind of this like whiny character and it's cool. Like take the time you need (laughs) to figure your life out. But the way in which she does it and then the way in which she thinks the world owes her everything now that she's figured right. it out is oh, it's yeah. like really hard to watch. It's just and that stint, especially when her and Lorelai fight, I think that's a very uncomfortable like period of the show to want to sit through yeah. and watch because it's just like notoriously on this show, fights are just hard to listen to it's just like yelling like over each other and it's like unimportant and then I think that this like you know stretch of episodes it's just like bickering and whining and just and not talking too like there's a whole like blankness to it where you're like ah my option is Logan or then the engagement with Luke, which we feels a little bit like there's something going on with like Chris and this message and him becoming a millionaire, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> Luke has some of these issues that are seem like small issues. They're working through them, you know, as part of their relationship. And then, of course, just from the sky, from uh, where did it come from, Evan? This bomb <laughs> of April. Uh, April, what a what a baby! She's a great actress. She's, She's so, so great on the comeback. Um, no shade to this actress mm-hmm. Vanessa Morano, but I have to say that this is a, another surprise baby. Essentially, mm-hmm. Luke didn't need this plot line. He had the Jess plot line. That is his parenting plot line. <laughs> right. It's like always trying to like recenter the viewer. To, to see him in a paternal yeah. setting, but then also allow him to rage against the machine because he's, like, not yeah. a father. And it's, like, um, <laughs> like, I don't know how to, like, handle it. And then it's just the whole, the April's just, like, introduction of, like, I'm testing you to be, like, or to see if you're yeah. my father. And it's just, like, what? Yeah, she's also smart, like Rory. I guess everyone's just, like, a genius in this town, but, you know, I'm just, like, from Lorelai and Luke, I don't know if the gene pool is going to, like, 
expand to genius, you know? Right. Well, Where she's not Lorelai's. <laughs> she's Anna's daughter. Well, no, no, like Rory or Lorelai and April for Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I what? see what you mean. I see what you mean. I think I missed something. I see what you mean. <laughs> so, yeah, this is basically the... Uh, uh, it's a debate, I guess, um, whether it's harder to watch the first half of season, season six or the last half. And this is the last Amy Sherman Palladino season of the network TV show. But there's still some good writing in here, so it's kind of hard to just be mm-hmm. like, ooh, yeah, I watched every second of it. I still enjoy a lot of it. But um, Logan cheats on Rory. They break up and get back together a zillion times. It's not a good mm-hmm. relationship for her because it's distracting her from being a peaceful, happy human being. That is like the base of it, you know? <laughs> journalist but like at the very I just don't think he makes her happy and it's just no I don't think we I think that's like an issue that I have is that we really don't see Rory like happy for honestly the last few seasons and the whole revival it's kind of like Lorelai at least is like putting the the work into getting what she wants and making it work for her and Rory it just feels like is floundering And Logan, especially because, like, he has this kind of unexcusable, like, I have to go to London and do what my dad wants, and it's not going to change. Even though Rory has tried for, like, all (laughs) two seasons to make him not. (laughs) You can't change people, Rory. uh, That's lesson number one. Especially not people with wealth. Well, yeah, know. true. Like, it has, and you know, expectations. He has this whole. He just seems like a thirty-five-year-old man, you know, <laughs> when um, they meet, yeah. and it's confusing. So, you know, this is sort of like definitely a shift, I would say. But Amy Sherman Palladino is the one who made the decision to have Lorelai and Chris sleep together at the end of this season. She breaks off the engagement. She runs <sighs> to Chris. We we meet them the next uh, day, and Lorelai is not about it. She's not, like, falling into Chris's arms immediately, but she is done with Luke. He tries mm-hmm. to patch things up. It's a no-go. And basically, this leads to, of course, Chris re-entering the picture in a romantic way because he's just persistent as fuck and gross. <laughs> and I guess, like, he's, like... Not to be vulgar, but I guess he's just like really good in bed or right. something because Laura like cannot stay yeah. away. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Luke, you know, Luke has his faults and he definitely gets very um, difficult to endure as he is like so wishy washy, especially with the April yeah. situation. It's like I get where Lorelai's coming from, but it's kind of like I'd rather, I don't know. I guess Luke wasn't being bad he was just like i'm trying to be a good father and you think lorelei would respond well to that considering that christopher wasn't a good father i don't know but you know money i agree i i mean chris is not ever a good character that is like a through line Mm -hmm. about him and i think luke for all his faults is a pretty good man so there's just kind of as mm-hmm. black and white as that makes it sounds. It's just like Chris doesn't have good intentions towards the most important thing in Lorelai's world. Right. So why would he have really great intentions towards her? So mm-hmm. yeah, but you're right. He must be eggedly. Yes. <laughs> and they end up getting married in Paris. 
Oh, and that causes yet another rift because Rory couldn't be Why, there. What? But come on, she has she has totally in her right. I think it's ridiculous that this this just speaks yes. to the amount of how not like with it Lorelai was that she allowed right. that to happen and how little of a fuck she gave about it. Really, um, that's a huge thing right. for her not giving a fuck and then just letting all the um, emotional damage happen to other people by doing that so yeah she mm-hmm. this is another rift but it's not too bad they're pretty united and the season kind of for them at least is about um rory launching you know really properly into this career and making a decision about whether to be with logan or not um mm-hmm. and that's something that i i believe in the end you know is it, it's like the right thing um for her and i wish that in the revival this did not turn into a zombie yes. but it will um but this it feels very satisfying in this season to be like yes she understands she's moving on and of course the intention here was for her to be pregnant mm-hmm. right after this um amy sherman palladino wanted that for the season eight she has said that and that was really pretty much known at the time surprise baby <laughs> exactly no, it's a, i mean lane has one suki uh everybody has one Suki so has about 18 <laughs> surprise babies <laughs> Then the revival sort of covers this period of time. Rory's aimless, both romantically and with her work. And eventually yes. she realizes that, and this does make sense for her. I, I gotta say this makes sense for me because it's the idea of wanting to be an international correspondent and then going out there and saying, I am somebody who likes comfort even a little bit. Like I'm somebody who was raised to be to like these mm-hmm. different things. And particularly, I was raised in Stars Hollow to have this home base. It makes so much sense to me that somebody like Rory, whose writing was probably a little bit, you know, as Doyle once says, I think um, too many adjectives, etc. I think Logan says that too. It's like flowery or whatever, <laughs> but somebody who writes like that might write a book like that better and might be able to stay in one place and write that book especially Mm -hmm. if they are a new single mom so for me i have to say that rory's the the pregnancy thing which a lot of people are like it's a cliffhanger i'm like well it's kind of the end beat rory becomes a little bit more like her mom in her 30s than she ever thought because the whole thrust of getting her into her 20s was about making her not like her mom and of course Mm -hmm. side note luke and lorelei get married it's there's their plot line goes through a lot of weird stuff about pregnancy etc but it's unsatisfying yes. um, <laughs> and then like yeah then paris is now the like she's not what she's, what she owns the surrogacy company yeah she's got she's got a million degrees she's she, a doctor she, is she a she's doctor? also a doctor yeah, I mean, good for her, and I love that they've kept, you know, Liza Will's, like, short hair. Oh, she just, yeah. She, they didn't, like, I just, like, love that they, like, allowed Paris to evolve into, like, just, like, superstar, gets everything that she wanted kind of thing. She's just happy, and she's just, like, it's just great. Everyone else that stayed in Stars Hollow and stayed with, like, those people are all having their issues, but Paris, she got it. 
she is like wealthy and happy you know it's it's uh the the thing with doyle is again like it's just a piece where i'm just like you feel like it feels disingenuous or something in a weird way um but mostly because mm-hmm. it's just unpacked in a, in a strange way in the revival which is just the problem with the revival uh it's just a lot of like this is happening over there and they're supposed to sort of unpack it like an hour and a half later in another episode it's harder to get like those plots mm-hmm. or whatever um and they spend so much time on stuff that's useless, like, where is Suki? I, I don't, I honestly just would have just loved it for it to be like, she's in the back. <laughs> I didn't want her to be <laughs> doing yeah. all this stuff or whatever or not mention her. But so there's, there's some clunkiness to the revi- revival for sure of just being what it is. But <laughs> let's run through um, a few things that I, I guess I wanted to definitely touch on. For our specific audience, Michelle. Mm. Michelle is somebody that you might have noticed I did not mention at all in the synopsis, and that's because uh, this queer-coded character has no bearing on the macro plot. It's definitely true of him. He's also totally Mm. queer-coded in the seven seasons and is only revealed to be gay in the revival. But even there's an allusion a couple times to heterosexuality. He has a crush on Lindsay. He says something about the ladies. So there is a lot of that. There's a a revival, a rivalry with uh, that character Tobin, who's also queer coded played by Bruce McAuliffe. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's just kind of a, a little bit of a weird mix of French tropes and gay tropes in his character. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, you know, and, like, side characters are allowed to just be tropes. Like, that's cool. You can just have somebody who doesn't have, whatever, he doesn't have to have a life. But he's just, like, the worst. And I think that they just rely on, like, how much he, as a vocal actor, foils the, like, heavy dialogue. It's not not sassy in a funny way and it's not like you know sarcastic and dark in like a witty way it's just like he's just a bitch yeah but we like also love him but then i can't get over like the stupid little soul patch and didn't just like it just feels like a disconnect like who is this stars hollow man you know right why is he there and like what does he do i don't know it's just like it, it, in the bit, I just can't. <laughs> right? Small, why? why? <laughs> yeah, the, the choice is funny to just be like, why did they do that when they already had they had the Alex Borstein uh, uh, harpist who was also a disgruntled mm-hmm. like member of yes. the in people. <laughs> they made that person just be nasty and not have a a fleshed out backstory, unlike almost like 90% right. of the other characters have a spouse or uh, we see them doing something, you mm-hmm. know, that it's like su- such a deep dive character wise. So it it feels a little bit um, pointed that, uh, that Michelle, yeah. the one that later everybody is like, is that guy gay? Even just things where, you know, he goes to the drag club with them. Right. But he's like, not, He's, like, not having a good time there or whatever. 
Right. Later, when they um, are all hung over, they're like, where did you disappear off to? And he says, um, oh, I got a table with Janet Jackson uh, and somebody else. They're really nice guys. Mm -hmm. You know, so <laughs> there's that queer coding of Michelle yeah. as well. So it's just sort of like a promise that isn't made good on or it is the creator's choice. Yeah. If I were stuck in a small town like that, and I, like, had to live my life, and I had to work in customer service, I'd probably be pretty fucking disgruntled, too. And I probably wouldn't... <laughs> Let's be um, honest, you'd be closeted, right? Uh, yeah, right. maybe. And I think that that... And that's, like, that weird, like, towing the line of... Is he the trope of, like, you know, kind of, like, Lorelai's gay, gay sidekick kind of thing? Because that's really, like, all his lines are for. You know, he doesn't move the plot along of the in at all you know he's just kind of there but then yeah i feel like he does try to closet himself you know like the ladies love my dance moves and i mean it's like maybe he wants to try to like be you know seen as straight because it just makes his life easier but i don't know and like maybe i'm reading way too much into right. it and it was just a really bad well i mean confirmed decision. in revival he is gay um per the creators so yes. that's something that we can work back from too and and think about as as truth because i think it's interesting and we can get into this later too but you know amy's saying that she was she wanted to write suki as a lesbian and it's kind of like okay you wanted to write her as a full out lesbian what what would have changed about her character? Because Michelle could have been a fully out man, but, like, you didn't give him anything to work off of. So is that, like, you decided that you wanted him to be gay, but you decided that he would be, like, kind of ambiguous just for... For what? I don't know, like... And that feeds into the... Cozy, warm, cozy feelings of the viewers at home yeah i mean uh, right exactly like are we disrupting you when we would just feel cozy yeah but it, it's kind of like interesting to think <laughs> about that with luke supposed to be a, a woman as well and that was really a, supposed to be like a, a mm. world filled with women because if you think about adding that element as female as well then it's really surrounded mm. mrs kim you know miss patty babette all these people in the town she's really sur surrounded by all these powerful women mm -hmm. yes just like we have in our modern day film discussions i.e luca where people are saying we thought about it and in some mm -hmm. cases even in this series it's like you did do it but you just didn't say that. So that's the side right. step that we get a lot now, I think, more, which is exactly what they said about Luca. But at the time, I feel like with Suki, it was mm -hmm. just like, you know, that's not something that would have flown on the WB. At that time, if it was like a yeah. gay storyline on Dawson's, there was like this like, ooh, oh my God, somebody's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody might kiss and have a gay kiss. Yeah. And it, oftentimes not a gay relationship, just a gay kiss. So uh, network influence is definitely there, but who's to say um, what kind yes. of pushback she gave? I want to say, like, honestly, in terms of 
like I gave you a, a, a montage, a few lines that are anti-gay as we would have really termed it at this time, anti-gay slurs. Mm-hmm. I wrote or helped write an article about this in my school newspaper. We uh, polled the student body and it was like something like 95% used gay as a slur. This is a group of 250 young women in 2000. So that, and the newspaper wouldn't let us um, really print um, all of the truth of that either. So that was great. Mm, yeah. But that is something that was rampant and really of the everyday and not unusual and probably uh, fed into a little bit of trans and homophobia uh, within myself even. But mm-hmm. I do think like even sending you, sending you that is interesting mainly because there is one clip in there that is from the revival. So it infers a little bit that mm-hmm. this creator made some decisions right, and has a slant. And maybe that is their slant that they define as, as a slant of realness um, but what environment, what more fantastical environment do we need to have the leeway to not have that be part of the realness? You know, why can't we lean into the fantasy on right. that? You know, the gay bag thing is like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a guy like Luke would have said the gay bag thing for sure. Or something like that. Cause that was like a wild moment of like, that isn't even... To my knowledge, um, a, like, well-used phrase, I just, like, I've never heard a purse referred to as, like, a gay bag, and so it's kind of, like, it's, like, you went, you, like, put in the work to write that into the script. It's, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's not Hilary Duff's, you know, infamous, uh, little commercial where she was, like, do you know what you mean when you say gay? (laughs) Like, you know... It's not just like, that skirt is so gay. You know what you're talking You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I never heard somebody say that an object was even gay like that. You know what I mean? Like, you're gay, you know, printer. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Those kinds of little moments are really true to the time for me. The one that's pretty transphobic in the revival is just so unnecessary, and it just screams of, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I, I'll put it in. Like, I just don't give a fuck. Mm. I I kind of wish that it just wasn't in there. But again, like, the conversations that these people have around their own work or whatever is probably still pretty insulated. And that's part of the problem that I talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like, I go into meetings all the time where I'm just like talking about new concepts and I'm really surprised that they're new to people. I do want to point to a couple of other things that are, that draw the gay audience, musical stuff, Barbara Streisand (laughs) stuff, Miss Celine as a character. That just feels Mm -hmm. like a calling card, if you will, or it's just somebody who's obsessed with those things. But inadvertently, I mean, Amy's got to have a lot of gay friends, right? If that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, and it just felt like, I mean, it's, like, it's weirdly, it, like, weirdly aligns with exactly, like, what I tend to enjoy making, like, jokes and references to. But, yes, it's, like, it's, like, Lorelai and Rory's um, repertoire of, like, references are all 
heavily yes gay i mean it's just like and like and there's like a lot there's a lot of like mm-hmm. classic literature you know like authors movies for sure but a lot of things are like heavily gay like uh there's i feel like there's a ton of references to like to Will and Grace, to, like, Liza Minnelli, to, you know, Judy Garland, and, like, all these things that are just kind of known to be... Gay fan base. Way more, like, rampant, yeah, in, in the gay community, and it's just kind of, like, on some level, I, like, I almost want to give Lorelai this, like, like, this, like, the benefit of the doubt that her slant when she makes kind of homophobic, or very homophobic jokes or comments, is that it's... Almost like maybe she's like enlightened enough to be able to, I don't know, but it's just like, but it's not there. You can't force that. And it's just like this weird thing where, you know, it's, she like can reference, you know, Liza Minnelli every damn episode, but then like she has trouble, you know, like, like she's making jokes about her dad being gay and, you know, and yeah, it's like, you want to go see the Bengals for crying out loud. Right? You're a dyke. <laughs> you know, somebody edited together some clips where it appears that, like, Rory and Paris have a thing. And that's the big thing that, like, Lorelai has to tell. Uh, Rory has to tell Lorelai um, in season one. And it's just interesting to imagine Gilmore Girls in a modern day mm-hmm. with Rory being gay. Because the whole tension of season one, it's really underlined so heavily in the dance episode when they think that Dean and Rory stayed out all night. Uh, It's really there with the tension of 16 and 32. It's like, okay, okay, she's the she's the uh, same age. What is she going to do? She's going to get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. And then what uh, what a curveball it would have been and still dramatically tense if she had been queer. And so it's not what you're expecting. You're mm-hmm. expecting to deal with the same problem that your mom de- dealt with. Nope, you're going to deal with a whole new one. So there is something interesting even right. within the story blocks of this that could have been queer. <laughs> there's like there's a lot of uh, material there for like even Lane and Lane's progression through the story because it could so easily be applicable for a queer character. But instead, it almost feels like instead of going with something that would just be way more natural and organic for a character to, like, have this kind of coming out moment, we have to, like, like force ourselves into this tiny little compartmentalized understanding of, like, the strict Korean religion and and like Lane's gonna break tradition by being a rock and roll drummer, and then it's like also just like really really heavy handed heteronormativity and like the fact that she then gets pregnant or like you know gets with Zach and then is pregnant and then she's living with her whole band. That weird feeling of she was so happy when she was able to like just play music, and I feel like it could have just been a queer character just living their life. There's even a moment actually where Lane is practicing on Rory about com- like coming out to Zach with her feelings and she says like I love <laughs> like Rory mm-hmm. I love you. I want to be more than friends. And um Rory's like what? And there's even like a moment where you see the portal for <laughs> yes. a sec. You see the portal that they could have gone through. Like, but there's just nothing, you know, yeah. even the, even the lack of celebration over her first time having sex and it being horrible and them choosing that beach sex what the fuck public service announcement no but that's just that just doesn't um give her a lot of 
triumph or anything like that. So she's kind of and kind of ends up yeah. being a tragic character. I think we get a lot of queer energy from Paris, mm, yes. uh, in particular, just because she even has like a a lack of interest in boys in the beginning, and she's like obsessed with Rory. So there's kind of this part of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and then I also like there's like this yeah this kind of like forced moment where you know oh, she's yeah. with Tristan, <laughs> and it's like okay, but like why? Like why would Chad Michael Murray be in this? Like what is he in it for? And then it's like to right. make Rory jealous, but then it's kind of just this like parallel because I feel like everything Paris tries to do is to like like kind of nag right. or like pick at Rory. And, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, cool. She's a new girl. She's competition. You see that in her or whatever. But just, like, every like every single moment is just so, like, not normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, that's just, that's not the way you would have, like, reacted to a normal person at school. Like, there's something going on here between Paris and Rory. You have extra feelings. Yes. Um, and there's, uh, I think, uh, two, as I mentioned to you, there's one on screen kiss and there's uh, the kiss in the play as well. So yes. established um, as a shippable caravan. Mm-hmm. Also, I do like I do think just as a young gay man pre-transition times in my mind where it was all just men 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 not currently (laughs) that's me yes of course but um a couple of men in particular (laughs) but i um tom hardy included but i just really felt like even jess and dean like they're the heat that like gets between them in the fights was something that as a young gay person like i kind of walked in on and was like kiss 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 so Yes, because it was, like, like, Jess always felt like he was bringing, like, an appropriate amount of energy to those scenes. <laughs> Dean was, like, in people's faces. Like, he was, like, right. up on Jess. And maybe it's just because he's six foot 100, but it's just, like, he was just always, like, too much. I think he was always too much, like, yeah. when he and Rory fought, too. But, yeah, like, but the two of them, oh my God. that would have been, ah. Uh, and and Dean's the bottom. Absolutely. Yes. Like, this is... The, yeah, it, it could have been something. It could still be something. <laughs> you never know. But you suddenly like me now? Oh, yeah. I was just about to invite you camp. Good. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. I'm not going to fight you, Dean. Why? Because if I fight you, Rory's going to think it's my fault. So just forget it, okay? Just forget it. Go home. Let it rest. So Rory's got a nice little hold on you now, huh? Jeez. Don't do that. How does it feel? Feels like I'm with Rory and you're not. You know, when all this happened with you and me and Rory, I figured I'd just stay at everyone's way, that that would be easiest. But now, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, I'm gonna run from him? The glad man? This is my town. I'm not hiding. And I don't have to be remotely calm around you anymore, and I like that feeling. I like it a lot. Well, and, like, it's just kind of... some of Sometimes it just feels like missed opportunities of... Like, so many characters in Stars Hollow, you know, we've talked about, um, like, Gypsy, but even, like, someone like Kirk becomes such a, like, a negative reinforcement for kind of fragile masculinity when he's with Lulu, and, and then he's like, this isn't my purse, I'm holding it for Lulu, or things like that, where it's like, 
it's just kind of like eye roll because he could have just been the town queer in like the best sense and he could have just been like he already is you know just just like make it happen amy like <laughs> i'm about like oh in taylor's queer like and all this stuff you know and then sam pancake the actor yes. you know played that part of just the new queer character which is just a joke about the demands for queerness in the series so I mean, I think all of that is sort of jumbled mm. up in, in an unfortunate ball sometimes, but it's still so, oh God, it's still so good. Yeah. I want to go over uh, um, our trash subplots really quickly, just so we got, get all of them out out before yes, we move yes, on to yes. the game. But I do feel like uh, just in, in general, Lane's subplot is a trash subplot. <laughs> <laughs> like, bad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it just gets like, weirder and weirder as you go and and i think i think they almost were using lane's subplot as a way to like humanize miss kim more than they were like doing any kind of benefit for lane because i get that and it's cool like i'm all about this idea that like you know you're young and you have dreams and hopes and you kind of just like go for it even (laughs) if it doesn't look glamorous whatever but like there was something so scary about it. It was just like, yeah. you're trapped. <laughs> and Zach was like, Zach is like a horrible person. Oh, even at his best, he's just like an immature kind of weirdo. And I just feel like Lane Lane had a lot of promise. And then her story just really went from like, yeah, like a star on the ascendant to just like pretty tragic and I don't know. She could have had a hot like, yeah, rock and roll boyfriend, been. you know, like along the way. That's not out of the mm-hmm. question. Or girlfriend. Um, or she could have fucking put out her own goddamn album. Like, Jesus Christ, why couldn't she have had local right. success? Even Hep Aliens trajectory is just like, why couldn't they have had... I, kn- I know people that have been playing music in small towns in Massachusetts for 25 years. There is such a thing as like making a living on mm-hmm. that. They don't really do much else but do that so it's like come on right. like, couldn't this have been an interesting thing so that's trash redeeming that trash trash <laughs> trash. Space trash space trash um i think we're taking we're taking april and throwing her into the trash <laughs> trash <laughs> trash I mean, trash to. Space trash yeah there's just, like, not much to to say there. And then also, um, remind me her mom's name. Anna. Anna. And, like, she's trash. <laughs> just, like... Trash. And it was just funny. And I get... I get what it was. It was, like, that device that they needed to have Lorelai kind of sow these seeds of doubt with Luke. <laughs> but it just was, like, girl, look at yeah. her. She is not your competition. Like, Lorelai has got it going on. And then this woman is just, like... God, just, I don't know, just the worst. But she owns, like, a cute little, like, knick-knack store. I was just like, why is everyone, like, a small business owner in this town? Like... Somebody needs to work at the Home, home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been amazing if April's mom worked at the Home Depot. <laughs> it's like, how are people able to go shop? Because everybody has, like, to take care of their own shop. It's just a bunch of people in their own like small businesses, you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Logan, I would say Logan Life Death Brigade cronies trash. Yes, it's trash. a lot of wasted time. Trash, 
Also, the, the most trash of that trash would be that moment where Rory's um, with all of the the other yep. girls from the Life and Death Brigade, and they're all talking about how they got with Logan. And right. We're also supposed to le- believe that Logan is just this, like, playboy, and it's just kind of, like, trash. I don't know. It's just, it's... Because Rory, like sometimes mm-hmm. show some maturity and she's like that's fine like it's cool that you have had past people because god knows sure. she's had her past with these yeah you know cheating yeah. <laughs> it always holds a little mirror up to remind us that like these characters are really childish at the end of the day and it's just like annoying like even Suki in her regression as you could argue it which they kind of try to reverse in the revival yes. but it's like are you kidding I would have loved them to have been the divorce situation honestly and the last mm-hmm. the last three or I guess the last five years of her character kind of trash after the wedding really the, every, everything up to the wedding is great well because like Jackson really, in my mind, has no redeemable character qualities other than, like, he kind of laid out in the zucchini patch. Like, that's just, like, scary. Especially because he has, like, actual children at home. But it, it just, it got to this, like, really just, like, uncomfortable place of love, like, four by four. Yeah. Like, Jackson wants this. He wants four kids in four years. And Suki's, like, like never yeah. on board She's with like, it. No. And then she's just kind of, like, she's always kind of like, haha, like, blink twice, you know, and, um, no, nobody does anything. And I just kind of feel like, it just feels like her, like, lane is just stuck and no one's gonna do anything to it, help her yeah, out. Yeah, totally, <laughs> like, doesn't make any sense for the people of the talent level. Especially, <laughs> yes, because I was gonna say, like, if we were just looking at yeah. sheer artistry of any yeah. of the Stars Hollow residents... Every single time you walked into the Independence Inn kitchen, Suki has created, like, like cake boss level stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it just, I just feel like she just gives up because she met the produce man. Eh, God. <laughs> that is a thing where I think the show survives, as I think I said to you in an email on the engine of the Lorelai and Rory stuff and the crooks of that kind of just making sense and being endless. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity with moms and stuff along the way. Some of it's taken advantage of with Mrs. Kim, I think in particular, but there's just not, not a lot of follow through sometimes with the, with the subplot. So anyway, and also honorable mention any child that's like in the show, like Clara, Dean's sister, Gigi, like anything like that, anything like that. It's just like a trash just subplot. Like but, um, <laughs> for sure. It's trash. Um, so, yeah. uh, all right, well, we come to our game segment. Let's go through our, our Lorelai's first. I did struggle sure. with this one. I'm still on the fence because Lorelai is sure. an interesting character who I currently see that could just like really nail the amount of dialogue, the like subtleties of that character. I would just love to see Kate McKinnon get like a star role like that. Just I could watch Kate McKinnon do anything for any amount of time and I'd never be bored. And since Lorelai gets so much goddamn screen time, why not Kate McKinnon? That very well may be, but I have a knapsack full of hot, sweet porridge, and I'm not afraid to use it. 
I love that for her. I think she's also got the acting chops for this because I think you require for Lorelai to have the humor, but, you know, to also be able to really do some of the deep diving. And I think Kate's actually very okay with mm-hmm. all that. So, you know, I, I said basically that I was going to audition some some ladies. I think they're wrong. I'm going to bring Ruby Rose in. <laughs> I'm going to bring Car- I'm going to bring mm-hmm. Carrie Brownstein, okay. you know. But ultimately, mm. I'm landing on Raven Simone. She's got the comedic chops. Yeah. Okay. And I love um mm-hmm. I love like her verve for for Lorelai. So Yeah, and God knows she needs a redemption story from her. That's so Raven reboot, didn't they do that? That's actually a pretty good show. <laughs> it's good. Oh no. Okay, well I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> And it feels a little bit queer because they're living together and raising their kids together. And it's just the two female best friends. I mean, you can't afford houses anymore if you don't. This also led me to kind of uh, just muse on maybe an Amanda Steinberg for Rory. I was just thinking, I was trying to queer it a little bit. Who did you have for Rory? Alexis Bledel is such an interesting person. So I was like really trying to go off like mannerisms because Rory's got that like subtle kind of like timid meek but also like a little fiery you want to know what she's thinking so i thought let's like really throw some like new plot lines in the Mm -hmm. the workings here and i thought elliot page would actually be a great choice just because i feel like physicality wise i feel like elliot and rory would totally like react the same i feel like it wouldn't throw our show in such a different direction. But then obviously, like, I just feel it is time for, it is time for, like, a trans man to be the star, you know? And and especially because Rory, like, unfortunately, whether you love her character or you don't, like, she is the piece de resistance of the show. Like, you know, so, yeah, that was my choice. Yeah, I think a, a transition definitely would have uh, perked up the Rory storyline, honestly. Um, it would have been a great direction. Right. <laughs> Just like revived it, for sure. I really like that. This is definitely a good chance for an update and to queer it um, the way that we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe getting with Paris. So for for Luke, um, I had one. I wanted to get Guillermo, Di- Guillermo Diaz in there. Do you know who he is? He's like the that gay guy that's on scandal and he's like just like a like a built latin guy he's got he's oh my god he's i mean i'm already behind that (laughs) okay but obviously when i was doing this i think i just decided like i'm just gonna make everyone i was like i'm just gonna make everyone like a lesbian i guess in my mind if i'm making lorelei a lesbian then i want Lorelai to end up with obviously a yes, lesbian. Yes, um, yes. I don't know. I just like really was just going on like physical mannerisms, and so I was just like, why not like Rosie O'Donnell? Like, let's get some just like butch adjacent, like because sure, I think Rosie's got sure. both. Like, she's got like more of a she's got some masculine energy, but I think that she's still like you know a great actress. And Luke can, is such like a yeah. weird tropey character too, and I feel like Rosie's got that whole just like wow attitude and so I was like that makes sense and then I just feel like Lorelai could go and be comforted by Luke. I also feel like I could have seen like Jodie Foster or somebody playing this role. Just somebody like 
older, like a little bit more mature. Because Luke is, Luke reads reasonably older than, than like most of the characters. Yeah. So I just like that energy. Yeah, I had for my Richard and Emily, I was going with Stephen Fry and Patty Lapone. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. There's like two ways you can go with Richard and Emily of like, do you go with the the dramatic theatrical or do you go with like the like hardened, like traditional parents, you know, the authoritarian parent? I think I probably went more that. I said for Richard, Leah Delaria, you know, you know her. And then um, I said Jane Lynch as Emily. And that just is probably the most brilliant <laughs> thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> I just want that. I want to see Jane Lynch walking around saying all of Emily's lines because she delivers. Yeah, it would have been the better version of the Sue Sylvester vibe that she had on Glee, you know, who is just so unrelenting Mm -hmm. in her meanness. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. (laughs) But this would be much more tame. And then also just the two of them together, like, screams power couple in the same way that Richard and Emily do, like even in their, with all their friends, they're always the most powerful in the room. The queer icons often bring that sort of prowess. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, hon. <laughs> For Suki, I had Nisi Nash. I, I, did you have a Suki at all? You didn't have a Suki, right? I, I like, mm-hmm. didn't really land on one, but yeah. I love that. I mean, yes. give me some Nisi. I recently rewatched nine, uh, oh, yeah. Reno 911. And yeah, she <laughs> She's can do no wrong either. Um, and I, I slotted Sean Hayes in there for Kirk. Oh, okay. I didn't think of a Kirk. Kirk is Kirk, honestly. I just sure. keep making gay. <laughs> um, no, that makes sense. Uh, for Michelle, I think you had a Michelle, right? Uh, you had Wanda Sykes, yes. right? Wanda Sykes. Uh, for some reason, she likes to go to France. I mean, she's French and she likes to, you know, that's where she takes her vagina. So that's where I go. Yeah, Wanda Sykes. I had RuPaul. Okay, so literally, I love both of those choices. If you, because you watched the Oscars last night, um, if you remember when Wanda Sykes came out dressed as King Richard, you know, when they were all doing their little moment, and then her, like, her attitude and the way she was responding and the way she walked off, that's the Michelle energy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, love it. She's so, and it would right. be funnier. Like, it would just it would, land there's better, There's not I a think. lot of chance that you couldn't make that role funnier. I'm sorry. I, lo- I lo- love what happened for what it is, but I <laughs> do think there's a little touch-up mm-hmm. needed on that character. Absolutely. I had Paris. I was putting Piper Parabo in because I don't think she's gay, but she's been in uh, so many gay films that she is kind of a lesbian icon. So, mm. yeah, so yeah, she's a perfect Paris for me. Um, I... <laughs> I said Clea Duval, and I just, I mean, it's also, I know that Clea is definitely, like, older at this point, but I picture just, like, a young, but I'm a cheerleader Clea, and, you know, she's just got the sternness of Rory, or sorry, of Paris, and then also, like, if Elliot was Rory, Elliot and Clea together, I mean, that's hot, in my opinion, so... I also had a few throwaway characters. I'll just shout them out. I had Jess as Ezra Miller, but Jess is NB. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that to be an NB role. I could see it. I, I prefer Milo Ventimiglia, probably till the day he does. I prefer him, <laughs> as long as he's breathing. Yeah. 
Max Medina, I, I had a Zachary Quinto because it, I want the intensity and the dangerous. Okay, I mean, he's got such a, like, professor vibe. Well, and... plus he's creepy a little bit in his roles. He is, but also, like, you just, you want to bang him. I, uh... <laughs> I mean, I just remember being, like, a, like a child oh, watching yeah. Star Trek in theaters with my family and then being like, why do I like Spock? Like, I don't know how to even talk right. about this right now, but he does it. It's something, uh, something about him does it for me. Miss Patty, I'm making, uh, <laughs> you know, any iconic drag queen that we can think of because I think this is a drag role, you know? This could be a drag role. Mm-hmm. So I put Heidi in closet just to <laughs> really notch things oh, up. Spice yeah. things up a little bit. That's funny. Because I was thinking, I was going for like, who do I think is like Miss Patty, like very like regal and like, right. oh, like lived her life and has these stories and also just kind of that like old classic right. Hollywood vibe. Um, so I said oh, Holland yes. Taylor. I thought, I just like, I could see it. You know, because Miss Patty can get a little like bossy around town. And I just think Holland, like Holland Taylor could tell me to do anything. They, like, totally make you believe that Miss Patty could just, like, steal your man, you know? Because <laughs> she could. Because <laughs> <laughs> she absolutely could. But I just love, like, I mean, she comes, like, there's, like, no discrimination. I mean, she's like, Dean, you're mine. Christopher, you're mine. Like, literally right. hungry. And I'm here for it. <laughs> right. Is also trying to get Dong for Lorelai constantly, but flirts with Lorelai's existing Dong. Interesting approach mm-hmm. yeah right. i mean her ways she she's got her own ways she does this is basically the time that we do our gender icon award i just think that lorelei has this um journey that it does have a lot to do with her womanhood the pregnancy at such a young age is something that's like wrapped up in the shame of her parents, and I feel like she oftentimes is doing some sort of performative gender expression to try things out in the early seasons, even like, how am I a mom of a teenager who I don't want to go down a similar path or whatever, but also honoring Mm -hmm. what got us here. She's always juggling these like emotional plates. And I think in that she's just really Mm -hmm. trying to be a good role model. And I do think she's an iconic lady and she's iconic for so many reasons. $600 worth of takeout a week. That kind of shit is just like, what is happening? (laughs) And also just side note, I don't think that's part of a bad trope. I just, I honestly, as a, as a kid then was like, oh, food's not bad. So you can make that of that what you will. For me, uh, she's so iconic, so mine's going to Lorelai. What about you, Evan? Uh, I love that. And I mean, she deserves it. Of all like the characters on this show, I, I don't feel like that many, unfortunately, like undergo a full transformation. And at least for Lorelai, you get all of that like, you get the history and the backstory and you see where she's come from and like you see how she grows and so I love that and I mean like I would definitely 
agree on all of those points. And so for the sake of having riveting discussion, I'm going to choose another. I think, um, in my opinion, although not every moment is a shining gold star for me, I'm going to say Rory. Because obviously it's like the the easy, like, low-hanging fruit to just say that she, like, is a child when we first meet her. And so she actually is physically undergoing the journey that we're watching on screen um, of stepping into, like, more of who she is as a woman. But I really think, despite the, like, shitty turn of events in the revival, where she's, like, this really weird, like, lack of direction in her life and she's just kind of like shacking up with Logan and not committed and all of her you know ghosts of her past come back to like bang her um <laughs> good for her <laughs> uh, I I do honestly think like it she shows a progression as a character that I don't think if we could go back and watch that show for the first time now that we would have foreseen and so I think that she goes on this kind of um, unexpected, like, ups and downs, of course. But ultimately, I think that she grows in a really sex-positive way that I would never have imagined Rory Gilmore to do. And I guess it makes sense because Lorelai's her mom, and Lorelai obviously is very sex-positive at a young age. But even, you know, Lorelai, like, her story is about finding the right one and settling in and starting that life like kind of that next chapter and I think Rory it's like the book ends we're like missing that last book end like it you could foresee her going on and doing I don't know just continuing on in a more mature modern way than Lorelai there's something satisfying about um the end of her story and I don't think we could have predicted it ever but mm-hmm. But that might have been something that would be have been an interesting way to end the show, too, as it was originally intended. Yeah. Mom, I'm pregnant. I think this has been, like, really one of my favorite discussions on any of my properties because, obviously, I love this show and I love you. And uh, I just want to tell you that, you know, you're really doing incredible work. I always pay attention to everything you're doing. So, um, you have really one of the most incredible eyes. Thank you. I've been working, so I've been making the jump from, trying to make the jump from commercial music video work into feature um, narrative. And so anyways, it's been a cool year for me. I've already wrapped two features already and they were my first two to ever have worked on. So I just feel I have this cool trajectory and ultimately would love to be into like big feature movie making. But, you know, if you want to, like, check out my socials and whatnot, or my website, we can put it in the pot, the, the little thing, like and subscribe, follow that. <laughs> We're putting it in the thing. All the links are going to be there. But yeah, I just, uh, I encourage you to check out um, Evan's work and follow him to see what he's doing next. I want to say, please watch Bombshell as I always do. Um, that's the best way to support me to watch my stuff so that you can be prepared for the stuff that's coming next. So much awesomeness. Uh, so go watch that. There's the link tree. Listen, like, subscribe, follow this show. We're here every Wednesday. Thank you again, Evan, and we're out.
All of us in the biz like to say just, you know, Savage X. <laughs> That's what they Savage say on, X. on set all the time. So, like, if I was a cool person, I would say Savage X. Yeah, so if you could just keep up with the times. 